Schoolish greetings to you all. Those tunes that just entered your listening vessels are courtesy of the one and only Bobby Mackey, and I'm your host, Tessa Morrow, and thank you kindly for stopping by Paranormal Prowler's podcast. This week, I have a fellow paranormal investigator joining me, and like me, <laughs> I'm sure he can spend all day talking about the paranormal. David Childers, that name just may ring a bell. As he has made several appearances on many, many different TV shows. David is the founder of Mississippi Paranormal Research Institute. He's a photographer, and for the past 18 years, he's been an actor. If that's not impressive enough, David Childers is the lead investigator of the Chandra May Cold Case File. He's had the pleasure to investigate with Ashley Godwin from Ghost Hunters International on Sci Fi. Daylin and Juwan from uh, Ghost Brothers on Destination America, Zach and Aaron from Ghost Adventures on Travel Channel, Patrick Burns from True TV's Haunting Evidence and Travel Channel's Paranormal Challenge, Keith Age from Booth Brothers Films on Sci-Fi Channel, Kevin Betzer and Randy Hardy from Sci-Fi's hit show Deep South Paranormal, Jeremiah Riggs from WWE Tough Enough, Daisy of Love, and MMA. David has been on several shows throughout Travel Channel, such as Paranormal 911, Haunted Hospitals, Most Terrifying Places in America, and Ghost Adventures. He's also been on Destination America's Ghost Asylum, and you know, the list absolutely just keeps going on. David Childers is also lead character of Mississippi Parachasers, webisodes, and one of the main characters in the upcoming horror movie series, Twisted Carnival. Obviously a man of many, many a talents. Listener beware, you are in for a listening scare David Childers, thanks for joining me, man. Welcome to Paranormal Prowlers Podcast. Oh, how's it going? Yeah, I, I appreciate it. Thanks for the invite. Oh, pleasure is absolutely all mine. It's much appreciated. So, you know, David, how did your life in the paranormal world start for you? And were you always a believer, or did something happen to you that kind of pushed you in that direction? But I've always believed. I've always been out there wanting to investigate the unknown. It all started whenever I actually got interested in it whenever I was 13 years old. My first experience, actually. My family lived on Civil War property mm. in, in Vicksburg, Mississippi. And I was outside, and I just got through watching Crocodile Dundee. Nice. And um, I was like, yeah, I want to go out there. I'm, I'm going to play. I'm, yeah, I, I got imagination. So I went out there with my snake skin boots on, <laughs> my cut-off freaking shorts, and made me a little bowie knife out of wood and stuff because my grandfather he was like a wood maker and i made me a bowie knife and it was getting dusk and i was out there playing like i was crocodile dundee getting to the action scene next thing you know i look over at the wood line and i saw a full-bodied apparition it was a civil war soldier it had the federal uniform on and everything and a big beard i ran inside and i told my dad and of course my dad thought i was crazy he was oh no you you didn't see anything. It's just dark out, blah, 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 this and that. And yeah. the thing is that the trailer that we lived in, it was haunted as well. And I had a lot of experiences there over the years. And it just I just started doing research on it, you know, reading scary stories and watching horror movies and, you know, just getting into the, you know, the, the creepy, scary stuff. <laughs> well... It just went from there, and then we started. Uh, I started my first team with a friend of mine called Ghost Hunters Extreme (GHX), and well, over the years, it just went from different team, different team, I created and stuff. But 
yeah, that's how it started. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, so I have a question. You were in the snakeskin boots. Did you have the hat? No, I didn't have the hat. <laughs> I, I, I did not have any kind of hat or cowboy hat or anything around. You know, nowadays I could probably do it because there's cowboy hats all over the house. <laughs> but I don't don't think I'm going to recreate that. It wouldn't turn out good. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. No, David, you know, I myself have lived in some, let's just say, paranormally challenged homes, and it definitely makes life a little more interesting, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely it does. Keeps you going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it keeps you on your toes for sure. Absolutely. You find out who your real friends are. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> uh, you can't handle it. You're out of here. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> So, you know, David, you've been a really busy fella. Many people, including myself, have seen your mug all over TV. You know, you've you've been on many TV shows, including one that really has become a favorite of mine. It's, re you know, decently new, Paranormal 911. Season 1, Episode 6, titled The Chapel. Walk us through this encounter, if you will. That was actually my first attachment. I was a volunteer firefighter here in Vicksburg. And, well, I usually don't say where, but, I mean, everybody knows by now. Yeah. But, uh, I was a volunteer firefighter, and it was early in the morning, well, actually late at night, close to the a.m. time, and mm. tones dropped on the radio, and I was like, well, heck, that call's right down the road from my house. That was a possible wreck, so I go right down the road. It's like a mile, not actually not even a mile down the road, half a mile. Wow. And that's whenever I pulled up on the wreck scene and uh, realized exactly, you know, the subject was a young female. And the thing is about this wreck, you know, I did what I could, went over there and, you know, disconnect the battery and all that stuff where it wouldn't catch on fire. And, you know, with just me with, you know, my training at the time, I sort of re I realized that it wasn't nothing that could be done. Hmm. Thing is, right across the road was an old cemetery that has been there for years and it, that just really made it a little more, more creepier you know the whole thing but right. anyway by the time everybody you know took care of the civil situation by the time the other first responders got there i went ahead and i left i mean i couldn't stick around because it was very traumatic i mean she was she was young very young and reminded me you know of my daughter you know and that was just very very heart-wrenching i mean it really pulled at my heart big time i couldn't hang around i just couldn't handle it i couldn't hold anything in yeah so went to the house and over you know a month period of time end up i started well i, I didn't start experiencing anything till later on whenever i actually acknowledged it you know basically blew everything off my daughter at the time she kept on hearing stuff she kept on hearing you know door slam cabinets open she'd also hear disembodied voices of a little girl or a young girl and finally i was like you know i heard it one day me and my daughter madison we were in the bedroom and we we, we were doing homework everything was off in the house except for the ceiling fan and we're sitting here talking and trying to help her with the math this and that next thing you know i heard daddy in the in the uh, kitchen i'm like no nobody else is here <laughs> I look at Matt. Yeah, I look at Madison. Madison's like, "Daddy, who was that?" I was like, "Nobody, baby. That's just the radio." And I get up, I walk in there. Of course, nobody's there. And then that's whenever I started seeing her and hearing her more often. And I mean, it, it got really frightening whenever I'd fucking wake up, wake up in the middle of the night, right? And there is full body apparition of a little girl sitting here staring at me. You know, I can't completely make out the details of her face i know what i'm seeing because i was i was in the paranormal field at the time too yeah yeah and no not you know seasoned as i am today i'm not gonna say expert because i don't nobody's an expert in the paranormal field right but but i mean i knew i knew, I knew it was a full, full body apparition i knew it had been a little girl especially coming from that wreck scene the reason is because I haven't been anywhere else, and I just had that gut feeling. I always trust my gut feeling. Absolutely, that's eerie. And you had you had several times where you heard her just calling out for for her daddy, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. 
and you know that and i started thinking i actually got a couple of team members and we actually we sat down they came over and hung out the house and we had conversations about it and it was like you know maybe the poor girl is that's why she's still here she's missing her daddy you know maybe she was going to go see her father you know i don't know the whole details i never really got into it because i really didn't want to know because it was already bothering me and it still bothers me to this day and that's whenever we decided hey look you know i just came up with an idea hey look well let's just do it easy and simple you know just tell her hey look come back to the rec scene with me this and that i don't mind you be here but it's really starting to take a toll on me and my family please come just come back i didn't know what it worked but it did we went back to the cemetery and it was me a police detective and one of my other teammates and we went to the cemetery and there was this big big freaking pine tree that's that you had to walk past to get to a family plot and that's where we usually set down our equipment and we, i don't do cemeteries that much it was just, i just take new people out there and see how they could take to you know being out there to see what goes bump in the night type thing and see how they can handle themselves yeah well we walk past the tree that's a family plot and we're sitting here talking you know we're not investigating we're just sitting here talking i just want to see if this would actually work and next thing you know well i had two k2 meters in my hand they just start going off and there's we're in the middle of nowhere there's no electricity out there there's nothing that could cause this this source we didn't even have our cell phones on us well they start going off and the girl and it's almost it's pitch black except for the moonlight you know and she's pulling on on my shirt i'm like what what what's going on and she looks at me she's like oh my god look by the tree look over by the tree and you can see this figure peep her head out behind the tree and pull it back like playing peekaboo type thing back and forth and it oh man you're talking about freaky the girl beside me came unglued and uh, <laughs> and the police detective he had his camera and he started taking photos back to back to back he actually caught a photo of her head going back after it was already fully exposed. She got the caught the top of her head, which I wish I had that photo. I don't know what he did. I don't even know where he's living at now. But that right there, I, that was, I think that was confirmation, man. And you know, the thing is, I was like, all right, I think I think this is cool. I, I hope it worked. I think it worked. And then she looks at me. Well, we got to walk past the tree. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm like. Yeah, I totally agree, but <laughs> hey, you know, we got to get out of here and leave her be and let her, you know, rest. So, but anyway, after that, you know, we went to the house and we didn't hear anything ever since that. So, you know, now hopefully she's, everything's good with it. And I've been down to that cemetery, you know, off and on during the daytime because I used to go down there and sort of clean it up a little bit because uh, nobody cleans it up. But yeah. hadn't had any problems since and. That was the first, you know, my first attachment. Right. Well, and it seems like, am I remembering correctly that her father is buried there? Well, we don't know that for sure. Oh, okay. We, yeah. Well, I don't know that for sure. Yeah. You know, it, that, yeah. That was just speculation. That was just something that was said that, you know, probably the father is buried there. And if I'm not mistaken, I think somebody somebody higher up did some research on it and i believe they did find that so you know that's just like i said i didn't want to know anything about it i just wanted to walk away and yeah you know right well and i have to say good job on cleaning the cemetery i do that too you know if i see like a, i love cemeteries just any type of burial ground i'm drawn to and i just love going and visiting and walking around and exploring and i too usually like i'll bring usually like a trash bag and just like clean up trash and clutter and stuff and it's so sad that these like cemeteries are getting more and more neglected you know and ignored and so good job on cleaning up <laughs> oh thank you yeah I'm yeah, uh, thank everybody else, you know, including you, for the you know that go out there and actually care about these cemeteries. And I mean, it's going to be lost history before it's over with, and we don't we don't need to lose our history like that, you know. Especially, I, you know, loved ones buried there. Right. Absolutely. I totally agree. You know, David, another awesome show, Haunted Hospitals. You were on season two episode 13 titled from the morgue and obsession 
I think people will kind of trip out when they hear what you went through with this experience. Yeah, it was it was definitely a crazy experience. The hospital, Old King Memorial Hospital here in Vicksburg, it was built pre-Civil War, and it went through a lot of stuff. That place, I just fell in love with it. You know, just the thing of the, it was right down the road from me. I mean, right down the road. Yeah. <laughs> I could see the water tower right beside it. I could look out on the second-story balcony of my house, which I lived in a 18, uh, 1862 Annabelle's home. <laughs> oh, but, uh, beautiful. <laughs> yeah, 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 and it was haunted as well. Uh, but nice. <laughs> it, it was downtown Vicksburg, you know, where the Civil War took place. So I could look right out, and I could see Kuhn Hospital, and I could see the water tower, and uh, got a hold to the Esther Stewart Buford Foundation and talked to them, and they didn't have anybody. They just had, I think the city was cutting the grass. That was about it. But they didn't have anybody to actually watch over the place. And I was like, man, I, I've got to. The place is historic. You know, give me a chance. Let me be caretaker over it. And I go up there and make sure you don't have vandals come in there, which it was already vandalized, but it could have been worse, you know? Yeah. They said, yeah, sure, go ahead. So that's whenever I just I started bringing, you know, people up there with me and would investigate. We actually filmed horror documentary there called the documentary of osbo with my business partner gene hamill of twisted carnival which is actually we still film today we just got another uh, movie that just came out we can talk about that later but yeah uh, that's awesome we we filmed there and we did a lot of investigations there had a lot of good cool people come in investigate with us uh and i like i said i just end up being obsessed with the place i used to go up there it got down to it where it started pro- causing problems between me and my ex, my ex-wife at the time. Mm. And, I mean, it got really bad, and my friends could see something was going on with me. It was just some sort of dark downward spiral. I couldn't, un- I could not understand. It was like that place matters, and that's it. I can go up to any time, and I really believe it was a dark, non-human spirit there named Michael that resided at that place at that time and i mean we've got sort of not well we have evidence of it even zach and aaron from ghost adventures whenever uh went up there and investigated with them at kune me and zach were talking and it's on video and it's it's on the episode me and zach are talking and we're about i'm about to start talking about the non-human entity and bam a door slams right above us on the second level. We go running up there, and none of the doors are shut. So, yeah, that place was pretty intense. Uh, while we were there, we had had a girl that was with me, and she had a plug of hair pulled out of her head. And I'm sitting here beside her, and she touched it. All I heard her scream and shine the light. She, I mean, it's got blood, you know, little spots of blood and stuff where the hair had been pulled out. But yeah, that place it just got to where. You know, I was just there all the time, and me and my ex ended up sort of, you know, separating. I'm not blaming it all on the hospital, but you see what I'm saying. I was in a downward spiral in that area because in that area because it was something there that it was affecting me. Right. I remember being being out there. It was one day, and I'm sitting there, and everything. I even got a little blanket and sat in one of the rooms, which was crazy man i don't know what the hell i was thinking <laughs> but now nah, i'm sitting there with the blanket and i'm just saying it was like everything just got quiet no birds no nothing all the pain from being upset about the breakup and everything going on in my life everything just got its ease and peaceful and i wasn't feeling any pain anymore you know and it was it, it, it was weird and I just started like, I don't know, it was just like I was getting lured off and I started thinking, hey, I can go to the roof right now and just end it off. Just jump off, you know. Mm. So I walk up I walk up to the roof and I'm sitting there and everything's still quiet and I'm just zoned out going straight to the edge. I look down and I see my truck down there. I was like, eh. I just got it, it like a voice, in, not a voice in my head, but I thought like, just do it, just jump. And I shook out of it, and what the hell am I doing at this fucking place? And right. I, <laughs> I was like, no, I, I hauled ass, man. I jumped down from there. I got my truck, and I left. And I'm like, man, what just happened? It was like I was just 
not I see what's the word just I got just zoned out on it and it was like the place wanted me you know and wanted another spirit there or something I don't know I can't explain it and I won't be able to explain it until I pass away and know the truth exactly what happened which I probably won't want to know by then but <laughs> you know it it's but uh after that that's whenever it was like I'm done I'm done and I we stopped going back up there for a while and then that's whenever ghost asylum well twc tennessee road chasers that's whenever they came down they filmed the episode and i investigated with them there everything was cool you know i, I talked to them about it and gave an interview then after that of course that's whenever zach and, and them came down with ghost adventures filmed the episode but after that i never went back to that place except for the tragedy that happened there that was the only time i went back and that's whenever after the tragedy it completely shut up and I wanted them to tear that place down right and which tragedy are you talking about talking talking about the uh murder that happened there a couple of years ago oh geez yeah yeah it, it was a horrible you know I, I really would I don't really want to talk about it, you know yeah, on air yeah. because you know out of respect for family oh this yeah that, but you know I mean okay people can yeah. if people can look it up online if they want to but yeah it was a horrible event and I'm glad that place is torn down because, well, for one thing, even though it was a historic place, but it wasn't being taken care of. It started getting dangerous. We had a roof collapse almost on our head. We, uh, at at one point, nothing but concrete. We just left out of the room, went downstairs, the second level, and next thing you know, just blah, the whole place started rattling. And I'm thinking domino effect. The whole place is going to crash while we're in here and we go hauling ass out and finally get to safety and we actually got it on video just got to find it so i think it's on my youtube page somewhere hiding with all my junk on there <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but uh yeah whenever they finally tore that place down man it was just like a breath of air like a relief like, uh, yeah yes yes yeah and uh, you know it's hard because i'm with you i love historical things i i you know i've been going to them well before i've been investigating but you know, something like that that's just so dangerous uh, just because of the structure itself is dangerous, but also, you know, something in there try to kill you, you know, try to have you take your own life. And I remember when I watched that episode, I was like, oh, God, I have to have this guy on. That That's just, like, remarkable, and I'm really glad that you survived that, obviously. And that's, that's eerie, really eerie. Yeah, it was definitely crazy and uh i don't know i can never explain it you know and after, i mean after that i've never had anything else happen you know and, right. and i'm still i was still in the paranormal field too it's just it, you've been doing it for years i've been doing it for almost 19 years now and it's like you will come across these certain situations that you have to deal with and you know you got to know how to protect yourself and yeah and know how to handle the situation because if not it can lead you down a dark road Absolutely. I've talked to a lot of people who have had, went through like, you know, attachments and stuff. And here you just shared two completely different attachments, you know, one from a girl, it was innocent enough. She was just probably confused and didn't know what she was doing and missing her family. Then you had this other thing that was just like, what the hell's going on? Like, you know, it's just crazy. So after that, do you do anything, David, to protect yourself? I know some investigators, you know, have like something with them or do something like a little ritual before doing an investigation just to make sure that you know they stay safe and i know that's not like guaranteed but do you do anything to kind of protect yourself yes. yeah absolutely i mean we we pray before we have prayer before and we have a prayer after and you know after investigation or just even do even you know doing some urban stuff you know urban exploration we do the same thing we just you know say it just say hey look you can't follow us home you have to stay here on this property this land you can't leave here and follow us home there is no room for you at this house blah 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 and just you know say some stuff like that and just let them know hey look we acknowledge you earlier we're talking to you try to get your stories but you cannot follow us home i mean yeah <laughs> and it's so far everything's i mean it's been years ever since all that's happened so and everything's working good and i've been to some mad places yeah <laughs> and uh 
everything's good, you know. But yeah, you're right. You have to protect yourself somehow, some way, however you want to, you know. It, whatever kind of religion or spiritual, whatever, you know, just that's what you ought to go for to protect yourself. Absolutely, I totally agree. And it's neat that the TWC boys went there and you got to, you know, investigate with them. I I had when I had my radio show. I had Doogie and Porter on at one point, and they're just such neat, down-to-earth guys. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Man, they are great. They are so great. You know, and Doogie and Chris, whenever they first pulled up at Duff Green Mansion here in Vicksburg, where we interviewed, it, it was I already knew them. <laughs> <laughs> I already knew them and stuff. And yeah. They come walking up, what's going on, guys? I've already inboxed them. We were inboxing earlier, and and uh, we we were talking at the front door and laughing and this and that and the producer comes up what are y'all doing y'all can't talk to each other right now <laughs> oh, oh. Oh, oh we know each other <laughs> right <laughs> you know? so so it, it was cool you know it, it was real cool they are down to earth guys i mean and the thing is they with their evidence is their evidence they don't buy anything or it, it's all real nothing is not fake so that's a good they are real you know real what, what's the word uh legit humble people humble yeah. you know and real good guys real good guys right and that's nice sometimes in the paranormal world there's some cocky people and it's just like you don't need to do that you know and so i noticed that too with them that they were just really sweet and humble and down to earth and just very yeah. kind didn't act like they were like higher up or better than anyone and it's refreshing <laughs> Oh, yeah, absolutely, it is. It definitely is. So, David, among the other shows, you were also featured on Most Terrifying Places in America. Which location and encounter did you talk about there? Well, the first one was, let's see, was that the first or second? Yeah, the first one was at Stucky's Bridge in Meridian, Mississippi. Amazing place. That place was cool activity. You know, it wasn't all the time, but you heard some crazy stuff there. Me and Gene Hamill, we were filming an episode of Mississippi Parachasers, which is called Under the Grave now on Strike Fast Studio, his website. We were filming an episode there, and we got some cool evidence. You know, I actually felt like somebody was about to push me off the damn bridge. That's actual footage that was shown on most terrifying places. And they just happened to contact us and went out there, and we did some reenacting and some interviews and went from there it's a cool place though very historic yeah that's neat do you know any of the history when it comes to Stucky's Bridge yeah old man Stucky I know a little bit of it old man Stucky he was actually a part of the Dalton gang or the Hart or was it yeah the Dalton gang or the Hart brothers Mm. no the Hart brothers I believe and part of their gang and he was so bad and so evil they kicked him out of the gang and gang and keep in mind these guys right here horrible the uh, they were they were horrible they were murder kill rape whatever yeah you know? and uh, along the natchez trace and along the banks of mississippi and stuff but they kicked him out and what he did is he had a shack out there and pastors going by he would invite them in for food water or whatever to get some rest and the ones that did not want to take him up on the off uh, on his offer well he got rid of them and that's where they find the bodies of bodies along the chunky river right there, right up under the bridge. Jeez. That's, yeah, that's chilling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but people still say that old man Stucky hangs around there, and I believe it, ma'am, because we were out there and we heard big splashes in the water and stuff, like mm. bodies being dropped, because they hung, they hung him off that bridge and dropped his body in the water. Oh, jeez. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, when something like that happens, there's no shocker that it might be like a little bit haunted or (laughs) little paranormal activity going on. Jeez. It is, and uh, and you asked about the other one. The other one was the Witch of Yazoo, uh, which was I've always been you know interested in the Witch of Yazoo City in Mississippi. The witch uh, supposedly me. My heart saying that she wasn't a witch. She was just an older lady, and she, you know, older lady that lived by the shack. But the story goes that she would lure fishermen up to the riverbank to come in the cabin and relax and rest, just like Stucky did. 
then she would kill him. She would murder him. Now, that feminine, this episode, we didn't tell our story. We were reenactors in it, which was pretty cool because uh, Jamie, my wife Jamie, she, she played the witch. And Gene, <laughs> you know, the one I talked about earlier, he played the fisherman and I played the sheriff. Well, <laughs> it was funny while we were out there filming. Jamie, you know, she she can act, but she she just thrown into this. So it was like her first time doing it. So Gene's sitting here coaching her while they're filming. And next thing you know, you know, the producer was like, or the director was like choking. And Jamie was like, you know, choking him a little bit. Gene looked, just looked at her and said, choked the shit out of me. Oh, she did. <laughs> she choked the shit out of him and took him down on the ground. <laughs> the, actual, the, the actual footage of him being choked on that episode, she was really choking him. He was in distress. Oh, my God. <laughs> she took all of her anger out on poor Gene. <laughs> oh, no. He hit the ground and rolled down the hill. But Gene wanted it. I mean, he's... <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it, it, it was funny. That, I mean, that was actually the footage. <laughs> That is funny. Well, thankfully, you guys weren't reenacting like the Axe Man in New Orleans or something. Uh, I know, right? <laughs> Gene might have been a goner. <laughs> yeah, he would have. Now, that's good acting. <laughs> wow, that's that's funny. So, you said you actually had an encounter there. You guys were reenacting, but didn't get to talk about what you dealt with there. What did you guys go through? Well, whenever we investigated, we did. We also did episode there, you know, on Strikefest Studio. It's of the Mystic Fair Chasers. We did two parts of the Witchy Yazzie, and we got some cool stuff. We got a couple of EVPs, which wasn't her, though. We never found her. We never got anything from her. It was all it, it, mostly a man's voice that we'd pick up. We got an EVP. We did get an EVP of female at the Triangle in downtown, the museum, where they have all the history of... The, the Yazoo City burning that the witch supposedly broke the chains and caught the whole town on fire. Uh, we got an EVP there. Man, that was really about it. We didn't have anything, you know, really, you know, that stands out, but we haven't investigated it that much for a long period of time. Do you know what these EVPs said, or were they unintelligible? I couldn't hear it. I mean, it's on the episode what she said. I mean, I didn't hear it in my ears. I really couldn't understand it because it was already put on there. Yeah. I didn't go back. You know, it was a female. It was a female. But um, that, like I said, Gene had all of the audio, and I just gave it to him. And I said, here, go with it. Right. <laughs> just put it up, and he found the EVP. On, on the, it was actually, it wasn't with the digital recorder. It was on the camera. And so, it's on, the, it's on that episode where we had that one hit, which, you know, was pretty cool. And like I said, that was at the Triangle. So there's no telling who it was. Right. You know, out of all the shows that you've been on, David, which was the most memorable for you and why? Ooh, all of them were pretty cool. <laughs> you know, I mean, the episode of McNutt House on my ghost story, that was that was very memorable because of the evidence we got. But um, I say... Probably the two of them. The only reason I say this because I was able to tell my story and my experiences and what happened to me, and, and it can happen to other people, would be the paranormal 911 and the haunted hospitals. And the haunted hospital really, you know, gets me because that was a real personal experience that lasted for a couple of years, you know. Right. And it just escalated. So probably those two because I was able to tell my story finally. And I held back about telling my story. I don't know. I just I felt helpless on both of them. And I don't know. I, I, I was afraid to put it out there, you know. But I finally broke down. I was like, man, I can't keep this in my head. I can't keep it bottled up. I had to let other people know what happened to me, you know, where they'll understand my situation, what I've been through on those, you know, those couple of events. And, you know, those, those are probably the most memorable. Yeah. You know, and it's hard. It's like you, when you have been doing this for so long, and I know you've been on several shows throughout, like, you know, the past 18 or so years, I'm sure it's hard to pick just a couple favorites. I'm sure, like you said, each one is memorable in its own way. But 
You know, I really do like the one that you were on with Paranormal 911. Paranormal 911 to me is like really neat because a lot of those people, like the police officers and firefighters and stuff, a lot of them are like self-admitted skeptics, you know, and then they kind of were forced into believing this because they couldn't explain it. And to me, that's just, I like that, you know, it's, it's neat seeing skeptics turn into believers and I, I know you weren't a skeptic at all, but it's neat. I've, I really do like that show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, they, I'm glad you do. I, you know, I love it too myself and, uh, Bristol global media. Um, they did an amazing job on telling the story and putting it together and, you know, telling the truth. And that yeah. was the good thing about it. They told the truth, uh, Haunted Hospitals and both of them did Haunted Hospitals and Paranormal 911. There's another one coming out too called Paranormal Night Shift here in the future. Ooh. From what I understand, I've been seeing, I've been seeing where it's all over, you know, posting it, this and that. So, uh, just wait for that to come out here in the future as soon as we see it. I've been seeing flyers up about it. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, another show that's kind of newer. It's kind of like Paranormal 911, where basically I think they're all cops, actually, but I think it's like Paranormal Emergency or something. And that oh, one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how new it is. I just recently started seeing that around, too. But I do love these new shows coming out. And yeah, Paranormal Emergency, I haven't got a chance to see it yet, but I had a friend that, that was supposed to be on it or has been on it. And I, I got to check that out and see what it's all about. <laughs> you know, being in the. Being in the field for so many years, I really don't even watch watch stuff like that anymore. Because, I mean, we live it. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know? But, no, I, I definitely will watch it if it's, if it's something that interests me or I have some friends on there. And I would like to hear their stories. I like to hear other people's stories and what they've been through. Right. You know, just like you do. Absolutely. I love it. I And with this whole pandemic thing going on, I've had so many people on in a row... And it is, I just love hearing their encounters. They're all different, you know, and they're all special and unique. And some of them are heartwarming where grandma or mom and dad or somebody's coming to visit you. Or it could be terrifying where, you know, you're getting these horrible attachments and stuff. And they're just all different. And I just, I just could talk about it all day. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, me too. Exactly. I mean, that's like the, you would love the story that Miss Alice has the house in between that poor poor lady she hadn't lived in that house for years because of the paranormal activity that has went on i mean it, i think oh, john bullard i think he investigated for 12 years and brad cooney he investigated for four years and they picked up evidence there that that is truly amazing it was so it was so amazing that steven gonzalez you know from ghost nation and yeah. uh, well ghost hunters he had him and they had to do a documentary on it because of the overwhelming evidence and she needed help she needed answers and you know john and brad and the other crew eileen and sabrina it's just so many people involved in it you know and it's just the way it was put together and how they told the stories to the camera and this and that i mean it's it's amazing a refreshing documentary and I mean, you got to check that out. You definitely got to check it out. It's a very, I mean, it's all about science, too, and that's a cool thing. It's not your typical paranormal jump scare movie. This right here is real life type thing. Right, absolutely. You know, it's on my list of things to watch for sure. I've seen it being promoted, and it was just recently released, right? I mean, in the last uh, couple days of of this recording. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely, yeah. It was uh, released on May 5th. And it was, you know, Kendall Welton and Steven Gonzalez, they did a great job. And like I said, you know, plus the community being a part of it, too, and telling their stories and, you know, and going deep into detail. It, yeah, it was definitely awesome. That is neat. What was your favorite part of the house in between? I can't say. <laughs> Not that many people had seen it. <laughs> no, my, my, my favorite part was probably the evidence. Okay, yeah. And, yeah, I mean, it was legit evidence. And I can say it was legit. Whenever we were out there on May 5th at the viewing party, out there hanging out with them, you know, and it was an honor for them to invite me out there. <laughs> that was pretty cool. I had my own personal experience in that house. 
And I was like, okay. <laughs> uh, right? <clears throat> yeah. I mean, it was... And the place is truly, truly haunted. But, I mean, it's it's a good spirit. It's just a spirit that, you know, acknowledges itself. It's no demons or evil entities, non-human, this and that. I mean, it's just a, just a spirit that lives on the land or lives in the house. And I'm thinking maybe lives on the land because... The house is, was built in the 90s, and mm. that's, you know, that's just my conclusion, but you'd have to watch watch the house in between to actually, you know, understand, you know, well, actually get all the info come straight from the horse's mouth, you know. Right, absolutely. So how can people who want to watch it, where can they find this? Oh, it's on a lot of movie outlets. Uh, me, I got on YouTube. Well, I, I bought the disc on Amazon Prime, but I did it because I wanted to have it. <laughs> yeah, know, just on disc. And uh, but I went to YouTube and I rented it. But there's all you can go to the houseinbetween.com and there and, and go to the menu and hit watch and it'll give you all the movie outlets where to look for it at. Very cool. Like, I love seeing the evidence that people get, you know. And the EVPs are my favorite. I just that good old electronic voice phenomena. Yes. We won't we won't talk more about that because we want people to watch the house in between, and we don't want to give anything away. But just out of all the years of of investigating the paranormal and supernatural, what are some of your most favorite EVPs that you've collected throughout all these investigations? Man, there was. There's a few that I really, really love. One of them here recently that we did at Arlington Mansion in Natchez, Mississippi. It's an abandoned mansion. Me and Gene and a couple of people went out there during the daytime. And we were filming a a new episode of Under the Grave that will be coming out soon. We were doing it like Urbex style. We really didn't investigate, but... While we were in there, on my camera, I called an MV, uh, EVP of a female. It was a Class A. I asked, hey, look, you know, what's your name? Or are you anybody here? You, you know, this and that. And next thing you know, whenever I got back to the house and I listened to watch the video, it said her name was Doris. Hmm. I'm like, Doris? It was loud. <laughs> it was loud. And I didn't hear it with my ears, but I heard it on, you know, on the on my camera. Yeah. And uh, that's a cool EVP that I'm mean, here recently that I enjoy. Now, the other ones were so, sort of older. The older ones was at, let's see, I guess at Lindley House in Vicksburg. We were investigating that, and that was the owner, Dr. Lindley. He lived there, and he used to, he was a vet. And supposedly, he used to, with the, some of the animal remains that he had that were donated, he created these weird sewed all these creatures together and <laughs> made them weird looking i don't know that's just hearsay <laughs> but uh anyway we, we were down there and it's on soundcloud now we have an evp i'm just walking down the hall next thing you know i hear this female well on the recording in the back room on a stationary recorder in dr Lindley's office probably about 50 feet away everything's quiet and all i hear is this woman say Hey, and it's loud. It's real loud. Class A. There was another one here at the Glam House where we filmed with Zach and them on Spirits Under Siege episode. And that, this right here was an older, it was an older EVP before we filmed there. And my buddy Chris Burks, he called it. He was up on the second floor and he was investigating. And it was like, they were just talking and he, they were talking about a flashlight or something like that. Next thing you know, you hear a class A of a little girl. It was so sad. She said, I'm still alive in here. Oh, it, was, oh. it was sad. It was sad. That's actually on the episode. Zach and then played it on the episode Spirits Under Siege. You could hear it. Man, it, it was horrible. Yeah. That's. It's not my favorite one, but you see that right there was is one of them that's like, hey, look, was somebody there? There was, I mean, it was it was nothing but grown men in that place at the time. Yeah. That, there, was, there was a poor little girl there that's saying, hey, look, I'm still alive in here. Right. Yeah, it pulls at your heartstrings, doesn't it, when you capture evidence of a child's spirit. I've had that happen, too, and it's just so sad. It's like, oh, my goodness, poor little baby didn't live at all, you know, live a full life at all. Exactly. I totally agree. And I mean, what can you do? I mean, right. 
Yeah. <laughs> Talk a little about Twisted Carnival. You mentioned it earlier. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Twisted Carnival is, but you know, Gene Hamill's invention. You know, it's it's his baby he created years ago. I know we've been filming together probably about almost 10 years now. Wow. He created these characters from a horror movie. I mean, from a, from a carnival. It was basically a carnival where they used to beat people and make them show, you know, make them perform this and that. And, I mean, it was real hard times well he created these characters and these characters just they were human at one time and then next thing you know this crazy event happened and these witches get together and they try to stop the twisted carnival because it's so bad and next thing you know these their spirits get trapped in these cards and over the years they end up evolving and become creatures i mean just powerful creatures with all these kind of abilities and they, well, I, I don't want to say too much because I know a lot of what he's thinking, what he's told me, but the new episode just came out, and so it begins. It's on Twisted, well, it's on StrikeFastStudio.com, and just look for Twisted Carnival Season 1, well, Episode 1, and so it begins. And that's the beginning of the, the new storyline and, you know, how everything's going to come out, you know, sort of twist and turn for the future uh, it's fun it's real fun to get out there and i'm not a good actor myself but i like to get out there and you know test the waters and see how good we are <laughs> right absolutely no that that i'll add that to my list i'd love to watch that and totally understand not wanting to give stuff away you want to keep it interesting for the people and stuff for for sure you know, David, before we part ways today, talk, if you will, about the Chandra Bay cold case file. Just who is this young lady, and how did you come to investigate her case? Well, Chandra May, it was a few years ago, and a guy reached out to me in that area, in the forest area, and he was like, hey, look, this is a cold case, man. She was found, but they don't know exactly what happened to her, this and that. I was like, okay, well, I'll look into it. It's the first cold case, but I'll bring a couple of mediums and psychics in and see what we could do. You know, maybe we could find out who murdered this young girl. Well, Chandra May ended up leaving, uh, what was it, 1987, I believe? Mm. But she ended up leaving work at the McDonald's, ended up leaving work and going to work across the road. I forgot what it was then. Now I think it's not a target. It's, it's something, something but anyway it was Valentine's and she went over there to get a Valentine's card I think for her boyfriend at the time and she left there and was never seen I mean she was never seen again until a month later on her 18th birthday they found her floating in the creek in Edwards Mississippi oh. uh, yeah and it, I mean it was horrible and it was just weird the way the case was they found her car the driveway to the house was, I say, at least 100, no, probably about 200 feet from the house, but it was two entrances into the driveway. Well, her car, as soon as you walk out the driveway to the left, it was sitting there, and the door was cracked open a little bit. Hmm. Everything was in there. Yeah, supposedly everything was in there. All of her valuables, this and that. Where did she go? What happened to her? Yeah. And it got where a lot of conspiracy theories a lot it involved you know it involved local people that had power in the community type thing and that's what happened to us whenever we went out there and we had some film crews come out there and film to try to bring the case back up because it was a cold case at the time which actually it's reopened thank goodness we were out there and after interviewing we were ended up we wanted to go down to the grave site before we went to the grave site we were still in the parking lot of that, that shopping center, and there was a black SUV that pulled up beside us. We were like, hey, what are y'all doing? And, you know, Jamie, she was like, oh, nothing. We're just out here. We're just hanging out. And, then, I mean, he had suit on and everything, black SUV, decked out, tinted windows. Well, ended up leaving, and another one pulled up in there and started circling the parking lot. Hmm. Like, dude, this is crazy. This is crazy. This yeah. is crazy. You know? We leave there, and I'm looking behind us, and they're following us. Oh, hell no. Yeah, they were, they're following us. Ugh. Well, 
we get to the grave site and they kept and unmarked vehicles kept on passing by off and on off and on you know Jeez. not slowing down or anything but we were watching well next thing you know i'm getting death threats what I'm getting, yeah i'm getting death threats telling me to back off the case stay away from it it doesn't concern you blah 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 this and i had to i had to stop i'm more worried about my family and my team and i didn't want anybody getting hurt so we had to back off the whole thing i mean that I don't know exactly what was going on with the situation, but it just, it, it got very intimidating. I was like, yeah, let me go ahead and back off, and I'm going to let the proper authorities handle it because, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't want anybody getting hurt. That is so shocking. I mean, that's that's gut-wrenching. I mean, you guys were literally just trying to help, help you know. And help her. And... Did you ever tell, like, law enforcement that you were, like, basically getting death threats and being bullied? Nope. Uh, uh, no, I stayed away from it. I just left it as it is. And it stopped, you know. So, yep. Wow. I mean, if you, yeah, if you get put in a situation like that, it makes you think. It's yeah. like, yeah, yeah, I need to I'm, go ahead and just chill out, you know, type thing. But, I mean, right. it bothers me that I, I feel helpless because we couldn't do anything more. Right. I think I I, I I made the best, you know, I did the best thing to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and like you said, thankfully, the case is now open again. Precincts, they have like these like, you know, cold case teams and cold case units. And so that's great when they come to light and resurface. And, you know, sometimes it just takes a pair of new eyes or fresh eyes to see evidence that wasn't there before or, or something. But, yeah, hopefully her case will be solved. Yep. Well, I hope so, too. Yeah, it's, I've been seeing it pop up every now and then, so hopefully they'll figure it out Good. and find out who did to that to that young girl. Right. Absolutely. Well, David, you know, it has been such a pleasure talking all things paranormal with you. You will have to be on again at some point, as I know you have so many other encounters to talk about. (laughs) Yeah, we all do, don't we? (laughs) That's very true. (laughs) Yeah, and I really appreciate the invite on the show. I had a blast. You know, I knew it was going to be fun, and it definitely was. So thank you. Well, thank you. (laughs) What a really neat guy. And it's no shock that he has so much to talk about as he's been investigating the paranormal for about 20 years now. So he has been through a lot, obviously, and he has a lot more to talk about. So we will have him on again in the future. Did you enjoy this week's episode? Yes! Listen to the others, you guys. They're equally phenomenal. Haven't heard every single one yet? No need to cry, my friends. Just go to any podcast platform, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podcast Addict, Pocket Cast, Deezer. Basically, wherever you venture to listen to your other kick-ass podcasts, you'll surely find Paranormal Prowlers Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends all about it. This week's special city shout-outs go to... Thornton, Colorado, Fort Worth, Texas, Brentwood, California, Avon Lake, Ohio, and Irondequoit, New York. Many thanks to each and every single one of you for listening in. It's always super greatly appreciated. See you next week.